You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Nicole Mitchell from the Halo Wellness Clinic with us. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for being with us here today. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, why don't you start off just by giving us a little bit of background of, about you, um, your nursing career, and um, you know how you kind of how it took you or brought you to where you are today. Well, I've been in the medical field probably over 20 plus years, starting from the ground up, um, nursing tech, um, working in a variety of medical uh, fields. Um, mother is a retired nurse, and that's kind of how I got into wanting to be in the nursing field. Um, went to nursing school, four years nursing school, did nursing for about six years on med surge unit, and decided to go back to my graduate school. So I am a family nurse practitioner um, and been in the field for about 10 years. Um, and primarily right now I work as a gastro in gastroenterology. And um, doing that, I started seeing a lot of patients who were using cannabis to relieve a lot of their symptoms. Um, and they just went down the street, regular doc didn't tell them anything about it. Um, and being as a nurse, you know, we are educators um, and also, you know, that's a real disservice to you. Uh, so I said, you know what, I can do this myself and really educate patients about the use of cannabis, the benefits of cannabis. So that's kind of how I started into the business. Um, so, uh, okay, so you're working as a gastroenterology NP. Um, you see people using cannabis and, you know, what where was the trigger that you were just like, okay, um, you know, do you just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do this today? Or, you know, what kind of led to it? And did you jump both feet in or do you, are you still working um, like a, a, a job as a nurse practitioner in other places? Um, so I still do my primary job and I was always part-time on doing gastroenterology just because I have three kids. Um, so it was a little bit easier to manage, um, you know, being a mom. Uh, and trying to work part-time. But, you know, eventually I said I was never going to go into owning a business and everything I said I wasn't going to do, I ended up doing. I said I wasn't going to go to school, I ended up doing that. I said I wasn't going to be a, uh, open up my own business and I ended up, I, like, I got to stop saying what I'm not going to do because I end up doing it. Yeah, I so, stopped, I stopped um, challenging the universe. Like, it just <laughs> so, um, you know, I got to a point where, you know, I can, nurse practitioners do have a great leverage, and especially in the state of Maryland, you can um, own your own practice. And I was like, you know, this is a great leverage. You know, I'm an independent provider. I see my own patients. You know, why not do this on myself and get paid um, for doing it? Um, I'm well-educated. Um, my patients love me. I said, I can really do this on my own. So I really jumped in with both feet. Um, it took about maybe two months for me from ground zero to where I got started. So how did, where did these um, clients come from? Did you just, were you able to tell them at your primary job that you do this um, or how did you get them to come to you? I was able to tell a little bit of, on my primary job. You know, you don't have a vast majority. It's different if I was working in a pain clinic 
because you know you, that's the majority of the patients that I see. So it was a dibble dabble in the primary care job. You know, I really did try to work out of my office, but you know, I had to answer to a whole bunch of other doctors and they really weren't on board with it. So that's really why I had to really branch out on my own, um, really going to the dispensaries, telling them about myself. So it's a lot of footwork that I had to do um, to grab, you know, get my clientele. And I think once they saw the services that I provided, um, I educated them, I taught them more than that they were getting from a regular medical clinic that was just signing off their certificate. Um, it was just really word of mouth. So really word of mouth is kind of how I get my traction. Um, and I do good service and I do quick service, you know, so I do a quick turnaround. You're not going to be waiting weeks and weeks for me to get back to you, right? You know, I, I really take pride in what I do. Right. Um, so from the, the medical standpoint, because you had mentioned the doctors weren't completely on board, do you find there's still like a lot of resistance to cannabis and cannabis education? Do you kind of get the eye roll, I guess? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I initially got that, you know, I had a couple of doctors that, you know, that used it, um, so they were on board with it, but, you know, a lot of it was from, you know, some from the younger doctors, a lot of it from the older doctors, um, and, you know, it's still considered as, like, a gateway type of drug, um, so people really don't know the background behind it and the medicinal um, and medical use uh, and benefits of it. So it's really educating um, the clientele of what they have to do. And, you know, some of them are still not on board um, and you're going to have that resistance. Um, but the people who have used it or have seen the benefit of it um, really can, can vouch for it. So um, I know I did a seminar at my church uh, for the seniors uh, for um, the use of cannabis. So, you know, I was like, you know, at my church, seniors, you know, like, how's this going to really go? But it really opened eyes about the use of cannabis. So I think it yeah, really I think that education piece is, is so important because, you know, I have an admin um, who originally didn't want to come on to our business because I was having her review some of our websites that we do and it was the cannabis websites and she's like, oh, I'm not sure that I can do something like this. And, you know, it was just that kind of education piece and now she's like um, this convert, <laughs> you know, but like just pronouncing the benefits <laughs> because she's worked with so many nurses that are, are um, teaching about cannabis and she now understands and I think that education piece is huge. Um, I'm, I'm a little uh, surprised that your church let you do that. That's pretty progressive. Yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, it's uh, in the heart of DC. So they were, you know, and honestly, I would say it's about half and half. A lot of seniors are using cannabis. Um, but the thing is, you have that poly, um, the, the, the poly medicine thing that's going on, and they have so many different medications, and they really need to be educated as far as the proper dosing, is this going to be contraindicated? And I do turn people away because I was like, you know, this is really not good if you have certain conditions. You really want to talk to your primary care provider to see if this is something you're going to do. And, you know, obviously they can go somewhere else if they don't have my opinion. But, you know, I've really tried to educate them um, and really not promote it. Up. I don't think that it might be most beneficial for them. So. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, just, uh, you know, it, cannabis, it, it seems like one of those um, plants that can treat everything, and then it becomes almost disbelievable, like, you know, how can this one plant treat so many conditions, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, um, right, and, right. You know, I think some people also think it, maybe it's a cure-all, like, I'm just going to take this and all my pain's going to go away, and, you know, I, I don't think those are completely realistic expectations, but. Um, no. 
so what kind of what kind of conditions do you use cannabis to treat? Uh, use chronic pain, arthritis, uh, anxiety, depression, insomnia, um, some gastric disorders, Crohn's colitis, uh, nausea, chemo patients um, with chronic nausea, anorexia, bulimia, um, MS patients, uh, some seizure patients as well. So it's it's a wide variety of different. Um, and even if you have like psoriasis and those type of things, you can um, even use the topical um, cannabis uh, to help treat some of those issues as well. So, um, I mean, it's such a wide variety of different um, diseases that you can use. And, you know, I tell patients, you know, start slow if you don't like it, you don't have to do it, but see how you do it. And, you know, the goal is to get some of these patients off of these addictive medications um, that they're currently taking, but to use cannabis safely as well. So do they, um, and I guess my question is, how does cannabis um, treat all these different um, conditions? Like how, how is it possible that, that cannabis can help so many different things? Uh, well, the body has, we have the endocannabinoid system in our body. So meaning we have cannabis receptors all over our bodies. Uh, and these are some of the things that individuals don't know. And I do try to explain that. Uh, so when you use cannabis, it does trigger certain receptors in the body um, and can provide some medicinal relief for some of your chronic and acute um, ailments you have going on. So I do explain the, the, the endocannabinoid system to the patients, um, the different um, areas in the cannabinoid system. It's from your peripheral to your neurological system. Um, it works on all these different areas. Um, so the, the thing is to know what type of cannabis to use. Um, for instance, if you have anxiety, you don't really want to use a sativa, which is a more of an uplifting type of cannabis. Um, so I said, you know, you might want to do something like a indica, which is a more sedating type of cannabis. So these are the things that I do try to educate the patients about. Because some people really have a horrible experience when starting the cannabis just because they really weren't educated very well on how to use it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Do you also do cannabis for wellness? Um, do, you, do you teach people how to use it? You know, maybe they don't have any specific condition that they're wanting to treat, but um, do you use cannabis for wellness? Um, uh, for CBD, I try not to promote the THC um, for if you want to use it for wellness, because that's the portion of cannabis that does cause the feeling that you're high. Um, so I don't mind the CBD as far as a wellness perspective, um, but you know you, you really don't want to go. Um, and some of these dispensaries really go high on the TAC component of it. So you really want to be mindful and careful as far as what you're educating the patients about and how much they're using it. So yeah, I do promote you know just the the just the general wellness, but really only with the CBD. Now, does your clinic offer um, other? therapies or, or treatment other than cannabis, or is it a solely cannabis? Um, right now, it's mostly cannabis, but I do uh, do educational treatment as far as nutrition, because I do do that on my um, primary care job. Um, so I do talk to patients about um, diet, uh, about uh, nutritional, more of a holistic type of thing, how to use, um, you know, like herbs, those type of things to help a variety of conditions, blood pressure, um, sleeping, those type of things, just an overall wellness, especially if you have a, a GI conditions, because that's where my primary job is. So I, I do educate patients about that as well. Okay. <laughs> but the primary thing is the cannabis, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and how, is, how has COVID affected your business? Actually, it's 
made it better <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, with this whole COVID thing, um, the anxiety has gone through the roof. Depression has gone through the roof. Um, bowel issues and uh, insomnia. Um, so it's actually done pretty well um, regarding the business. Um, before uh, the whole COVID, I had to actually physically see patients in person. Um, so I had to rent office space, see patients. So now I can do it in the comfort of my own home um, via telemedicine. Uh, so it's actually done pretty well um, with the whole COVID um, scenario that's going on right now. So was it hard for you to transition to telemedicine? Like, did you have that capability in place or did you have to figure that nope, out? No, I had the, the, no, the EMR platform that I had um, was, had a, do it when I had to physically see patients because we weren't allowed to do telemedicine before the whole COVID thing. So I never really added that onto my platform. But once the whole COVID thing and I got the letter, I could do telemedicine. It was just a click of a button. And anyone who called, I'm like, yep, we were doing video. And they're, they're more than happy to do the telemedicine and the, the video conference um, with consultations. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Like, you know, before we couldn't do it. And now you click a button and it's like the standard practice is telemedicine. Like, yeah. <laughs> It, it is. And, you know, even with my the primary care in gastroenterology, um, it, you know, I was like, you know, why weren't we doing this a Before. long time ago? You know, I'm yeah. seeing medication reviews and you're having to come in for me to refill your medicines. This is ridiculous. So, I mean, I think it's something that needed to be done. And yes, there's some issues that you need to see people in person for. But um, I think it's something that was long overdue. I mean, and we're just in a technical, you know, era right now where this is absolutely needed. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, as, as horrible as, as COVID has been, this has been the one piece that has been the silver lining, I think, because, you know, going to any office, medical office in particular, is just so painful. And if you can just do it online, and it's better for everybody, like, I don't have to go anywhere. Um, you don't have to, you know, you can just go from computer screen to computer screen instead of like all these other things that, that happen and it's just um, it's been great. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely. Um, so what do you, where does the name Halo come from? Why, why did you choose that? Um, you know of course I'm trying to think of a variety of different names that would um, kind of encompass what, how I felt my clinic um, should uh, represent me. So um, I'm a very spiritual person. So of course, Halo, I think of as like a angel as like, um, not saying I'm an angel, but um, I, I did want to, and it's something that has a circle as far as completion and wholeness and wellness. So that's kind of how I came up with um, that name. Um, and it, I didn't really see a lot of people using, you know, of course, I had to look to make sure that no one else down the street had the same name. But um, I was like, you know what, I, and it didn't really take long for me to, to kind of come up with it. So, um, you know, that's how I chose the word halo. No, I like it. It works. And your website is so um, serene and calm. And, you know, I just mm -hmm. feel safe, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> so I love that. Um, so have you thought about like hiring other people? Do you work? Do you have a team? Or is it something that you can do this all by yourself? Um, right now, I'm doing everything by myself. Um, eventually, I think, you know, you know, my biggest thing right now is the marketing portion of it. So, you know, I've had people express interest, but, you know, I have to get enough clientele to first, I need to pay them. 
Um, so I need to get enough clientele where I'm like, okay, I don't think I can handle a lot of this stuff on my own. Um, so eventually I want to get to the point where I'm handling additional staff, um, even a marketing person. So right now I'm doing everything on my own. Um, reaching out to clients, you know, doing the whole groundwork, going to different dispensaries, putting signs up, you know, getting postcards. So I, I do a lot of the footwork on my, I do everything on my own pretty much. Um, husband helps me a little bit, but yeah. So eventually I want to get a team. Yeah, no, it's it's that, that curse of the new entrepreneur, you know, it's like in the beginning you have to do everything because, you know, otherwise it costs, it's so expensive to, you know, have other people do your marketing and um, you know, getting those first clients in the door, it's hard and it's like that balance and you're still working a job and, you know, right. most of us have like kids or extended family that we're trying to take care of and it's like, <laughs> you it's know, hard. Yeah. it is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but mean, that, the marketing takes up a lot of the, you know, you know, like, gosh, I got to pay more for marketing than, um, you know, <laughs> so the marketing does take a lot of that chunk. So you really have to, like, do I really want to do this? You know what, I'm going to just do it on my own for right now. So you, you really have to make a decision. Right. Um, and, and you have to put money to get money. That's the only thing. Yeah. So do you have a lot of, um, are a lot of your clients repeat or is this kind of like, a, you know, they come in once, they get the recommendation and they move on? Um, the Right now, this is my year mark. So a little more than a year mark. So now I'm starting to see my repeat and customers. Um, and the good thing is that they're referring, um, yeah, my sister came and saw you, or, you know, I had a friend who recommended to see you, you were great. So a lot of it, again, is word, word of mouth, but now I'm starting to get the repeat and customers. So it was slow at first, you know, I, for some reason, I thought when I opened it up, like, I don't want to open up yet because they're going to have a whole line of people. No, that didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> That's like the myth, you know, it's like the dream that, you know, you open your doors and people are like busting down the door to hand you the money and it just doesn't happen like that. It doesn't. So at first I was twiddling my thumbs a little bit and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, is this the right thing for me to do? But, you know, a lot of people who have started businesses is like, you're going to go through this slow and long moment. So, but give it a couple of years and then you'll start seeing the benefits of it. So um, yeah. I'm now starting to see the benefits of it after being in it a little over a year. So. Yeah, and, and I think that's, uh, you know, kind of, we all want to go out and buy like the next marketing tactic that will bring all those people in. And really what you're doing is all the right things. And it's just a, it's a process. And um, you it's know, a process, to... you know, and I, I'm not a Twitter and I'm not a Facebook and, you know, that's like, you got to put all these posts out. And I'm like, I don't even post my own family. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's a really kind of uh, a thing that you have to start to learn how to embrace. And, you know, that's why eventually I think a, a marketer, at least hiring a marketer will probably be um, probably the best use of my, my business. And then once the patients start coming in, I might have to start about hiring additional um, clinical staff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what is kind of like um, the big vision for this? Do you see this, um, uh, growing in like massive size or do you want to keep it small and maybe just you and another person like how do you see this business in the next year or so um, uh, I would say probably somewhere in the middle um, you know I think the goal is eventually to um, leave my primary care you know and you know even if I do it you know per diem or something you know it's good to have that clinical aspect um, still under, under on your foot ground you know um, as your base 
but um, really I, I like the education part. So even going around and doing seminars and teaching people how the endocannabinoid system works and the benefits of cannabis. And it's that education portion that is missing and even maybe potentially going to providers offices and at least letting them know that, you know, this is not a horrible thing, but your patients are using this. So if you're seeing patients are coming in with typical, you know, maybe their coagulation is elevated for whatever reason. I said, you need to ask those. It needs to be part of your daily screening. Like, are you using cannabis? And then they need to know exactly how to handle and treat those patients. So um, education is the real big component of it. And I really want to make sure that I'm educating the people. So, you know, even if someone is doing my groundwork and I'm going around educating people, you know, that's what my, my goal is. Eventually, I think I'm go we're going to see this legalized in almost every state. I, I feel that's coming kind of down the pipeline. But people really need to make sure that they're using um, cannabis appropriately proper, properly and make sure it's the best thing um, health-wise for them. Yeah, I agree. And then also the, the schools of nursing, because we have like many generations of, um, you know, the medical community where they just don't, I mean, they don't even know that there is such a thing as an endocannabinoid system because we've never taught it in the schools of nursing. And right. it does sound like voodoo science. You're just kind of like, well, I've never heard of that before. You're just making it up. And that's how it, it kind of feels, you know. Right. <laughs> that's how yeah. I felt when I first heard about it. And I'm like, oh, that's a marketing thing. They're just making oh, it up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be part of the, uh, the system because, you know, the dispensaries are popping up everywhere. But you really have to balance the dispensaries with the education component of it. You know, um, yes, the dispensaries are there to to help the clients, but they can't tell you a thing about medically if this is going to be the most appropriate thing for you. So this is, you know, again, why I'm pushing the education. Um, it, it's not going to be for everyone. It's not going to necessarily be for your cardiac or your AFib patients. You know, you might have to tell them that, you know what, I really don't think that this is the best thing for you. So you really have to push that education part, especially when these dispensaries are all over the place. They're there to make a profit, obviously. Um, but you're there obviously to make uh, the patient safe. Um, so, you know, that's the other component of it. Um, all right, Nicole. So if people want to get in touch with you or, or send you clients, um, one, where is your business located? And two, how do they get in touch with you? Um, so my business is located in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's 9711. Um, Washingtonian Boulevard. So right now I'm not physically in the space. Um, I'm doing all of my um, visits uh, telehealth. So they can reach me at www.halowellness.com and there's a link there to set up an appointment or you can give the office a call uh, and our number is 301-679-0432 um, and they can reach me directly. We'll set up an appointment um, and we'll do our consultation that way. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. All right. Thank you for having me.